0: Show front of the show, Mr. Dixie, Tennessee representative 54 to my district. Well, Vincent, my man, how you been, Brother Been watching we talk, man. I hope all's well with you and the family, man.
1: Man, everybody's doing well. Thank you for reaching out. And I appreciate you always giving me this platform to talk. And I appreciate you using your platform to get the word out to the people so they know what's going on and keep them informed. But everything's going good on, on this end, you know, just going through the daily grind, doing what we have to do been dealing with uh stuff up at the state house redistricting but we are we just about through that so we'll see how that go
0: now Vincent what's crazy about it is this bad looked at the map okay my father lives off Douglas Avenue <laughs> i mm-hmm. you know i live but watch me bike how it's crazy Dixon road is the line of demarcation that i'm seven based on Dixon road being to that side of it and he's six mm-hmm. over on Douglas. And then you right. got South Nashville is five. and It's crazy. You can be a Titan game in District, district 6,
1: but in downtown, you District 7. It, yeah, it, it, it's crazy. It makes right? no sense. It, it makes no sense how they drew that line. It was very vindictive. It was just a way. So let's, let's go back. There's three different maps, right? There's the House map. There's the Senate map. And then there's the congressional map. And the congressional map is what you're referring to. Um, the congressional map, it, 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 it basically, I'm going to use the word tears. It tears Nashville into three different parts. And that's what you're talking about. And what it truly does, you say in those areas, you gave the perfect example of just you and your dad about how normally in this voting block, y'all would normally vote together. But now if you had a 20, let's say if you had a 27% um, voting power in the, how it used to be. Now it's diminished to about 11%. So it's, what it does, it diminishes the power of the of the uh, African-American vote because we normally vote as a block. And two, it just doesn't make sense. When they say that three is better than one, that's a cock bull because you don't have one person can concentrate on this particular area and make sure that they know what this area needs and they're familiar with the area. We could possibly have three different um, congressmen that live nowhere near they could literally literally live 50 to 100 miles away from nashville that would represent us so do you think on the on the back end do you even think we are going to get good constituent services you no know, jim cooper always you know he was known for giving out his cell phone number right you can call him on a cell phone anytime um, that's how accessible he was you know you think in a, in this hyper partisanship environment that we live in man, and even at the state house. People won't even return your phone call if you're not of the same uh, party. Like Once I got elected, yes, Democrats elected me, but I still serve all of Tennessee, regardless of your political affili- affiliation. And if you need help, I'm here to help. But other people don't think like that. And I think that that's going to become a major problem in Tennessee. You're going to have the biggest economic driver in Tennessee. We were we re- thinking about Nashville represents about 33% of the revenue for um, uh, for the state of Tennessee, you have somebody who doesn't truly understand the economic driver, somebody that may live in a town of 1,500 people that, that could represent us. That, that makes no sense.
0: Exactly. And like you said, I have Jim Cooper's number. I've talked to him personally, as you said, because he's accessible. I can talk to you because you're accessible because like, you're, I'm a constituent, but you don't know my needs. You don't know what we need in Northwest Nashville if you live in, like, I guess, some far out place like Dover or somewhere, right? And that's what mm-hmm. seven is, like Dover and Montgomery County and on yeah. down the road there. And you know, mm-hmm. my father, District 6, that cat not live out in Putnam County somewhere almost. And, right. my, and literally, we're across Dixie Road from each other. <laughs> the mm-hmm. same exact, right. we're in the same exact town. One major thoroughfare separates my father and myself from being together. But right. in the different districts, it's, it's Vincent, it's just surgical. It's racially, racially done. I know it's racially, racially done. They can deny mm-hmm. it, but come
1: on. The way you carved yeah, up it, Nashville and that crap, Well, yeah. you get three better than one? No. we didn't yeah, What they one. did was they took their direction from the National RNC, and they followed it to the letter. They They wanted a stranglehold on Tennessee. But what people don't realize and what I keep trying to tell people, Tennessee doesn't have to be red. Tennessee is red because we don't come out and vote. Tennessee is red, we're 46th in voter turnout, 46. Does I that mean there's only four other places that's better than us? We're at the bottom of voter turnout, right? So imagine if we could just get to 43, 42, 40. You know, it, it, that was hundreds of thousands of votes that's just left out on the table. people are registered to vote but just don't vote or people are eligible to vote but not registered to vote we have to go meet them where they are the other side has done a masterful job of getting people to believe that their vote doesn't count and if your vote didn't count i just want people just use a little common sense if your vote didn't count why would they try to diminish your voting power why would they try to reduce how and eliminate how you vote, restrict voting if it wasn't that important. And I say, you know, I vote because it was important to me, I understand the historical value and what people went through toward it. So it's my obligation to vote. I don't have a choice, I have to vote. But if you get out there and you vote, we can turn Tennessee, Tennessee has been back blue. People always compare Tennessee to Georgia but there's one major difference. Georgia was never blue. Tennessee has been blue before, and we can get back there because we just got to get back to the common sense stuff. People have gone out to these cultural wars, and it has become almost race divided. If you're a Republican, it's almost been race divided. It's not based on issues. All we're trying to do as Democrats, we want to make sure that you have food on your table, make sure you got enough money to pay your bills, and if you get sick, go see a doctor. That's all. That, that's it. Then we can worry about everything else, it comes along after that. Yeah. Exactly. And Vince,
0: as you said that, I saw some Republicans in Tennessee taking credit for Biden's build back better plan for <laughs> Tennessee, but they didn't vote for it because I can attest to you driving to Atlanta in southern Rutherford County, it's potholes on that road it can mess up my vehicle. So it's needed. Okay.
1: And yeah, if you know, time in Tennessee- it's needed. Yeah, in Tennessee, we're like a pay-as-you-go state when it comes to the Department of Transportation. So any roads, we don't we don't do like other uh, some other states where they take bonds out to pay for it, or they bargain, or uh, you know other get taxpayers to do some other um, financial wrangling. We pay as you go. So so this this Build Back Better plan, not only is it going to give us better roads, it's going to create a lot more jobs. It's going to put people back to work. And um, but the also the Build Back Better plan, what it does is it, it creates a, a, plan, a pathway for universal health, uh, not health care, but universal uh, child care. And that is huge because a lot of people, they can't, they, it's hard for them to work um, 12, 13, 10 to 12, 13 hour jobs and still have to pay for daycare. And so we have to make sure that we can make sure that their daycare is taken care of so they can go work and be productive and do what they need to do in order to take care of their family.
0: No doubt, man. And like you said, man, Tennessee uh, needs to have jobs that are competitive, too, because our jobs in Tennessee are below the poverty line. You can't survive on that. You know, mm-hmm. you're pretty much just beating mm-hmm. your work requirement to get your food stamps and Medicaid. You're not really living. Mm-hmm. You can't really survive. So mm-hmm. do you feel like sometimes
1: it may be it may be just enough over it that disqualifies you. Exactly, and do you feel like
0: this plan for infrastructure will help give the training as well to get those better jobs for, for these people? when we need it from Mountain City to Memphis. You know, because we all Tennesseans, You know, so. As you say, we all are Tennessee's together. It doesn't matter what we think we are. we are. We all have the same issues. So you feel like this plan will set up training as well and with the higher paying jobs to have Tennessee's have more money and get these cities who are smaller in some of the suburban towns outside Nashville and Memphis better to be going to go forward.
1: Man, it's almost like that uh, we worked together to write this, but I know people didn't. They don't know that we didn't write this. But it was a perfect segue to you know the Ford plant, that's called the Blue Oval City that they're building, building right outside of Memphis, in between Jackson and Memphis. Um, it's a six billion dollar project, six five point six billion. Of course, I embellished a little bit, going up to six billion. Easy to say six and five point six, but what we have to, what we've learned is that we don't have the workforce in order to fulfill all those jobs that's coming, because we've done a woeful job of training, job training, having people prepared for it, especially starting in high school, because everybody, one thing is, is, you know, everybody may not be college material, but at the end of the day, when you graduate, you need to, when you graduate from high school, you need to be work ready or college ready, because at the end of the day, everyone has to be self-sufficient and be a good citizen and take care of themselves. This is up, but what you just said highlights the point is that we don't have enough people that have the technical training that can fulfill these jobs. Where do you think they're gonna come from? Out of state. They're gonna be taking Tennesseans jobs that we need to be fulfilling. So we have to work with that. And the Build Back Better plan allows for that educational expense that where we can start building the, the pipe, pipeline for these jobs to fulfill these jobs. Because that's gonna be transformational in West Tennessee. It's gonna change a lot of people's uh, uh, Tra- trajectory as their family goes and, and, and it starts to get good gr- paying jobs. But the one thing that I'm dis- most disappointed about with the Blue Oval City, there was no minority um, minority participation rates set by the state in this. It's just gonna be a free for all. Well, not everything a free for all. It's gonna be the usual suspects that gained from this. You know, this is an opportunity where uh, minorities and black and brown companies can become wealthy and build a future and infrastructure for for years to come for their families and their businesses. Off of this, this can be a springboard. And the government is run by Republicans again. They do not care about anybody other than themselves or already the rich or the people getting rich. This is an opportunity to redistribute some wealth here in Tennessee. And we're missing the boat here because the outlook or the failure to have the outlook from the governor and his administration.
0: And Tennessee is a state that is 37 in the nation for federal funding. You know, the low taxes and lower regulation comes at a price for, hey, we're going to, they talk about their small government, but they live off the government. And, and, mm-hmm. and okay with people being hungry. Even you know, the they have constituents who vote for them, religiously vote for them. You're okay with them being hungry. not having health care. I like to see it close to the rural hospitals. I'd have in these towns in East Tennessee and West Tennessee, some of these small cities, have nothing there. Nothing to bring them up. They're just there. They're existing, well, you know? And you
1: can't, they can't live off of that moniker saying that they believe in small government. That's not true anymore. Republicans want to control every phase of your life by policy look at just look at the book bans that they're trying to do oh look yeah, get the crt stuff i mean just look at all the stuff that they're trying to do because they're trying to control it they want government in every phase of your life no mask mandates um don't we don't care if you die we don't care if you stay safe or not but we want you to go to work and, and make a profit for these large corporations but we don't care if you if your kids are safe when they go back to school so they can stay in school um, so they can learn because we all know that in-person learning is the best. But if we can't keep them in school and keep them safe, then what's the point? We made it illegal for, for them to go to, uh, virtually. And now they're getting ready to propose a bill because if you don't go 180 days, then you have the option to uh, basically get a voucher, which is all Governor Lee wanted from the beginning, was to get his voucher program in there. It's a big picture people got to step back and, and just think, does this make sense? We get distracted by a lot of these things. Like you start this CRT, this book banning stuff. You know, we don't want to talk about Martin Luther King. We don't want to do this. We don't want to do that. But at the end of the day, they are literally taking away your civil rights and your ability to make money in this state and just earn a, and, and just have a good living and be able to retire comfortably.
0: Exactly. and. You know, Vincent, every two weeks ago, I was sickened by the hypocrisy of Tennessee Republicans who was quoting MLK. You can't love MLK. None of your policies align with MLK. All your policies are targeted at the poor people he cared about. The only positive line of his vision. So you can't love him, Bill Lee and Bill Haggerty, and Marshall Blackburn. And then but then you do stuff like vote down the Voting Rights Act or you know try to take away, try to make these boogeyman CRT or don't want to teach real history in school because you won't want to make white students uncomfortable. They need to be uncomfortable. I'm a comfortable everyday Bill Lee. You know what I'm saying? So like there's such hypocrisy in your colleagues and the governor, man. You're a better man than
1: me, Vincent. i could be going crazy. <laughs> you know when you come to the Crt Crt isn't taught in um in, in, in high school at all right it's not it's not taught in, it's not taught in k through 12 at all here in Tennessee not at all but if they listen to the media listen to the Republicans you would think that that's as soon as they get in it's taught from 7 7 a.m to 2 p.m from the time they get in there but I guess what worries me the most is that, when you try to even even if you know the way that they want to ban these books about Martin Luther King and things like that, why do you not want them to know the history of this country? Uh, black people have built. They, black people built this country on their back. I mean, with their blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, they, on the on the, this country is what it is because of the slave trade of of our people, and it's inherent upon. To that is part of American history. And really, so if you wanna really call CRT, another synonym for it is the actual American history, right? We need to learn it. When we, from the time we're in kindergarten until we go to 12th grade, till we graduate, every year we're taught American history. How, what, when you talk about white privilege, that is the ultimate white privilege that you get to determine what history is taught. Mm-hmm. That's the ultimate. And then you, anything that's against that, you say, no, we don't want our kids learn that. No, you don't want, you want everyone in America, in Tennessee right now, I'm gonna speak for Tennessee. <clears throat> you want every child to look through the lens of a white child. They don't have those experiences. Exactly. You have to be able to appreciate me for my differences. And that way you can understand me. You can understand my rationale, why I may respond a certain way to something or way the way I think about something. That's the way that we can get together to try to figure out how to make this world a better place. When you Every day, man, and I know I'm getting off subject, but every day when we go into the session, go into the house chamber, we pray before we start. I think that's the most hypocritical thing that we do every time. And it hurts me to actually do that because it's like, it's a farce because how can we go in here and pray and say, oh, we love one another, we wanna do this and we wanna do that. But then you go around and you turn around, you wanna uh, penalize, you wanna take away healthcare for, for immigrants because they're undocumented or you want to take away voting rights from people or you take, you know, it's so much ugliness that we do. Where is the common, the common thread of decency that keeps us together? It seems like it has been torn to shreds. Where is it? Why is it that the race means so much more than just the love for my common person, my common man? It's gone. Mm-hmm. We had, we did, It's just gone. Exactly. How do we get
0: that back? Exactly, and you know, that's why I cringe when I hear people these some people who talk the bible like what i black wjd what would jesus do he take away health care will he take away voting rights but this is the man you say you love and you follow but your actions and how you move is nowhere near that and Mm. it happens here in georgia same thing in georgia CRT down to florida like you can't whitewash MLK. You can't whitewash history. It is what it is. And like Benson, I'll tell you, tell you the truth. My I learned more about our history from my father and mother outside the classroom because it was not taught. Mm-hmm. My father said, this is not the truth, son. He said, for your test, give him this answer. But mm-hmm. in, in reality, it's this. Now, I thank my father and mother for doing that for me because- I would not know what I know now about our people and our history. It wasn't for my mother and father telling me, for, the, for your books,
1: say it is for class, but this is the, the truth. If your mother and father is telling you that, what do you think other people's parents were telling them? They don't, the non-people non, non people of color. What do you think their parents or grandparents was telling them? Civil rights movement wasn't that long ago. 60 years is not that long ago. Like I always I was tell my daughter, you know, you look at your your uncle, for when he was born, black people couldn't vote. Granddad, when he was born, when he was a grown man until he had the right to vote. I mean, a very grown man. You know, he'd gone to college before he had the right to vote. And he served his country before he had the right to vote. So I want people to understand it's not that long ago. So imagine what your parents are telling you, what their grandparents and their parents told them, and that perpetuates the cycle. And, and, and if you start to ban these books and you don't have these open discussions about it, it's going to continue to grow this divide between us here in, in Tennessee, but in, in the nation as well. Stereotypes have just gone crazy, man. And, you know, I mean, did you see that? I know you. I know you saw this um, about the basketball player that was over in China and he was getting off the bus and they were calling him nigga this and nigga that mm-hmm. and stuff it's like these are chinese people calling them black people what what you know that's a learned behavior why why mm-hmm. you know and it's because people lose their common thread of decency mm-hmm. you know? and Vince
0: think about this my grandmother who votes for you was born in 1931 my father's born in 1941 my mother's born in 51 did you see? Just see at their ages, you know. You mm-hmm. have ninety-one, you know, ninety-one-year-old woman coming up here. You're gonna have a eighty-one-year-old man and 71 seventy-two, seventy-one-year-old woman now. My mother was running mm-hmm. the January 9th telling me about history. So you're right. When they were born, we couldn't vote, and mm-hmm. my parents still vote. My mother and grandmother vote in your district, of course. My father's in like another district now, but like. Think about that for me, I'm born in 87. So mm. my, fa- my parents and has taught me about our history and f- told me the real truth about who we are and our rooting and our grounding, our way of knowing. And you're right, Vincent, I try to tell people all the time. You know, I don't, I'm not a mean person, but when people don't understand my rooting and my grounding, why I react to, a certain, way I react to certain things, don't tell me I'm wrong, why I'm irrational. Because for me, when I hear National Anthem, my parents talk about that, that third verse, okay? And mm-hmm. that, that, hits me, that hits me the wrong way. So I don't sing it. I'm being real with you. I don't stand it. But like at like the Hawks game, you will see me sitting down. I'm being honest about this, being real with you about it. Because my parents never made me to st- no. You don't put this in something that doesn't, that doesn't love you. So these things that my parents taught me, but others who are not Black, do only have that same grounding, take it the wrong way because they don't understand our perspective on these things when it comes to American in American history. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's American. I I this we can go on and on for, about this for hours because we can I see we're both passionate about this. But I'm gonna refocus us and get us back on this redistricting stuff. So um I when it comes to redistricting, I just wish that there was a better, more inclusive way to get this done. I wish, like in other states, there's like um, bipartisan groups or nonpartisan groups that actually draw these maps that are not affiliated you know, with the legislature at all. And I think that might be a best way to go because at the end of the day, we just want fair maps and then the best man win. But I feel like these maps have been rigged. No, don't feel like it. These maps have been rigged um, in order to, con- to continue to have this power that they have. I mean, they have a supermajority now. It's like right now they're trying to secure power for the next hundred years. And we don't have to let them do that. Um, we will be filing a lawsuit, you know, to challenge this in court. Um, it should be hopefully that should be done this week. And uh, we gotta get we just have to fight back, you know, hope it's not all gloom and doom here. That's why I said I'm excited, I'm, I'm hopeful because we're 46th in the nation in voter turnout. That gives me hope. Now, if we were this red and we were like in the top 10 in voter turnout, I'd be like, oh man, there's no hope. But people got to get up off their butt, get out. We got to go make sure that everyone's registered to vote. Whenever you talk to somebody, you got to make sure, hey, are you registered to vote? If not, here, let me pull up on my phone. It literally takes two minutes to do. But we need to do that. And what I encourage people to do is go early vote. Because when you early vote and there's a problem, we have time to fix it.
0: No doubt. Now, Vincent, have they changed about millions of voting? Or has that not changed?
1: No, that had not changed.
0: This was okay.
1: And uh-huh. I, I think that there's a, some. we have a, a person that's gonna propose a bill that where it allows for like, uh, cause right now, if you're a first time voter, you can't vote absentee vote. You have to vote in person before you can do that. But I want to give you a caveat to that is like, for instance, my daughter turns 18 during her senior year. There may not be an election till the next fall. She'll be in college. Right. And if she doesn't go to college in Nashville, how is she going to vote? Unless she has to come back here just to vote. And then she can do it. That make, absolutely makes no sense. Right. Mm-hmm. So she should be able to vote where she is and vote in that race. Um, and we should make sure that students here have that same opportunity. It just, it may it seems like common sense isn't so common in the, in the legislature.
0: Now, let course, ask you this question because I knew you know better than I would. Do the do the state Tennessee targets college kids who like go to Memphis or Tennessee State or UTC who are here as students? Can they vote in Tennessee or are they forced to vote in their home
1: states? Basically, you're still forced to vote in your home state or, but you have to jump through some hoops to get it done. Like you have to have your birth certificate, you have to change your voter registration here and things of that nature, but you have to have your vote, you have the birth certificate and I don't know how many uh, parents going to trust their 18, 19 year olds with their uh, birth certificates to do stuff like that. They, I mean, it's it's not an easy process. It could be a lot easier. And right now, if you're a, if you go to a college, there's certain criteria you already had to meet to be in college. Right. You know that you're a U.S. citizen. We know that you met some federal requirement. So why couldn't that college ID be sufficient in allowing you to vote?
0: correct and you know and it's all about trying to slice off a percentage here percentage there it's all about slicing up, trying to make get enough suppression of the vote to win because as you said earlier vincent it's no ideas it's just divide and conquer you know it's mm-hmm. no real policy to help building that hey they they're bad they're socialist they're this they're that and we're not that's the only policy mm-hmm. they have right now and tennessee need to get wise to what you're trying to do for the do for them, and tonight's in a, tonight's state of the state address is going to be full of crap, you know, of lies. And mm-hmm. thank God for your rebuttal that you did, because maybe people can, can t- look. You know, okay, it's what they're saying, what he's saying, and let's do let's do the math on it, and fact check it all, and then hope people are the light and say, hey, we we need to go try some different here. This, this is not working for us.
1: Yeah, we'll also have a a, a rebuttal to this evening as well. So I'll be doing that as well. So I'll be busy today. Uh, but I just think I think people, my job, my job is just to tell the truth, man, and, and let people know and hold people accountable for what they're doing. You know, we're we're playing with people's lives. But a lot of legislators, when they're up there, it's just a game to them. It's a the way, how do I gain power? Because they have money. So it's like, how do I gain power? You got the speaker who wants to be the next governor. You know, you got the governor who still wants to be the governor again, plus he wants to be the president of the United States. So it's like, just do your job. If you do your job, everything else will fall into place, you know, but we're not going to take any of this stuff laying down. We're going to fight like hell and make sure that we have good candidates in the the congressional districts here and not only in in Nashville, but across Tennessee, we're going to make it competitive. We're going to work for it. Don't think that this is going to, you're going to walk in and think it's going to be okay. It ain't going to happen. Let me
0: ask you about um, the House districts. How, how did they change? Because I know I looked at the map. I think I'm still in your district, still. I think I am.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, th- there was some uh, movement on those things. And like just to show how vindictive they were, um, what the first proposed map was they drew me, the first chairman, this, the first Black chairman of the House caucus, and I represent a 99% African American district. They took only my street and drew it into an 80% white district, right? It's a democratic district, but it's 80% white. And so they pitted me against one of my colleagues, but eventually they changed that. They had pitted nine Democrats against each other, almost a third of my caucus against each other. And for what, right? You know, you already have all the power, everything. So we were able to pit some of us against each other. Then we were also able to... uh, I mean, the maps, they're just horribly drawn, but they still pitted two people in Memphis against each other, which is Shelby County, and two people in Knoxville and Knox County against each other. And it's not, it's just not fair. You know, but the, and the maps are just, they're racially drawn. We um, just got to make sure that we get people out and get out there to vote. I don't care how you, I don't care how you draw it. You can draw them like a tic-tac-toe line, but if people come out and vote, that that will change everything. That's why it was so important that we hopefully people will see this now, but it was so important for us to complete that census because, that, you know, the things that, well, Shelby County is mo- losing a seat because they don't have a lot of population. They lost population. They probably hadn't lost population. But, you know, as black people, and we're has, we're skeptical mm-hmm. of giving the government any of our information. But then this one time we asked me like, it's okay to give me your social security number and information about the household. And they're like, I don't know. So we, you know, people, we're feeling the effects of that because people didn't fill out that sentence, uh, census.
0: Yeah, and I'll try to do that as well. They say, I'm not doing that. I'm gonna get, you're right. There's a hesitation because as Black people, we really don't trust the government like that. So it's like, you know, it's hard. <laughs> And what are has resources for the state, Tennessee, and, and your community, and so like you said, they draw the lines off of that stuff as well, man. And you know, for, uh, for you guys going forward, what's going to be the plan for us to get getting people out to vote? you will be doing, going, doing 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 on the weekends or doing drives at different places. Uh, I know I know you, you post Instagram about stuff you've been doing as well. So what's the plan to get people people registered to vote this crucial
1: year of twenty twenty two and going forward? Yeah, we have to organize and we got to organize and mobilize all of the grassroots organizations, you know, the equity alliances, um, everything that that you could possibly think of, we have to hit the ground running and we got to go meet people where they are. We can't sit at the Kroger's and wait for people to come and say, hey, are you ready to vote? We got to get out in these neighborhoods. We got to get churches going. We need the pastors, everybody going. You know, everybody has to play their part. It's not one particular person that's going to make this happen. It's going to be a collective effort and a collaborative effort of a lot of grassroots organizations, um, leaders in the community, us as elected leaders. We're going to all have to work together and get off our butts and get out there and get people registered to vote. And so it's no one size fits all. It's just going to take work.
0: No doubt. Well, Vincent, man, thank you for your time. It was a busy day for you today, for joining me, man. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be there and we support you as always, brother. You know, I'm going to be there for you. So if you need me, let me know, I as soon as the house is over with, I'll be in Nashville until the season starts again. So if you need me, i will be at that you in the streets, brother. Trust me on that.
1: All right. Well, thank you,
0: brother. It's guys' pleasure always speaking with you. All right, man. Be safe, brother. You too. All right. All right.